You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is the Unpack Podcast. Presented by AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation on Twitter at the Unpack Pod on Instagram for no reason at the Unpack Pod. Like, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts like uh, Joseph, who called Text Western Ted, which I can't figure out if that was a mistake or a read, but either way, a five star review that we greatly, greatly appreciate. Um, Patreon.com slash the Unpack Pod as well. If you are into that, I am Zach at Zach Rapport on Twitter. And uh, in the middle of the day here, it was a weird game, so it might as well be a weird podcast, too. We're going mid-afternoon. I am joined, uh, firstly, by Alex Patakis. How are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, just accidentally dozed off in the middle of the work day. Uh, woke up just in time to do this podcast, so shaking off the cobwebs here. And uh, we're we're going a little early today. You got a, a work event? Is it like a networking, rubbing elbows kind of thing, or you got a FaceTime? Yes, kind of thing? yes, it is. But I decided not to go into the office. I'm home during the day, but then I have to go uh, into the city later, which is unfortunate. But you know, I'll have a couple of free drinks, and I'll try not to be awkward, and I'll go home. Yep, it is what it is. Also joined by Ben Foldy. How are you? Doing all right. That's nice. I feel like it's a <laughs> weird. It's just we're just off to a weird start. It was a weird game. It's, it's a work day weird, afternoon. Yeah, let's peel back, peel back the curtain. It's like four thirty Eastern right now. Um, the Packers did beat the Bengals twenty-five to twenty-two, which um, that score twenty-five to twenty-two is, of course, always the mark of a totally normal football game where nothing weird or stressful happened at all. Right? That's. <laughs> That's how that goes. Um, not the not the only game with that score this week. Was there another one that was 25-22? Yeah. Um, I'm forgetting which game it was, but there definitely was. I know that at some point <laughs> was, there was another one that was 22-22. But just I think it might have been the Patriots mm-hmm. and their comeback against uh, the lowly um, Texans. Yeah, that, that was it. Yeah. Yep. That checks out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> let's just get right into note nugs notable nuggets hashtag note nugs get at us on twitter after every game at the unpack pod um, with your notable nugget or instagram or you can still email us at uh, the apc podcast at gmail.com someone reached out to me recently and they were like how can i give you a note nug not on twitter because i hate twitter which is totally valid so a few different ways to uh to get a hold of us but i will go first and i I actually think that there are some some worrying trends uh, with this team right now coming out of this game. But but I told you guys at the beginning of the year that um, I told you to enjoy the football and that I'm here to enjoy the football. So I'm going to keep it 
positive. <laughs> um, I was uh, chatting with uh, my old friend and former podcast co-host, Joe, who uh, after this game asked me, um, is this the best Packers backfield since uh, Dorsey Levins and, and Bennett? Um, and I've been thinking about that a lot and kind of doing that, you know, the meme of the woman who's like, no, well, hmm, maybe like that's kind of what I've been going through the past couple of days. And I think um, that I've just decided to commit to that take because um, when you've got Aaron Jones, who does everything we already know he does so well, but then you add in AJ Dillon, who's who's not just a change of pace, like thunder to the lightning guy, but um, he's out there running routes. He's catching passes, four catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it's been fun watching Dillon. Um, take that next step. And I do really think that there is a case to be made that this is the best total backfield the Packers have had in a very long time. I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think it probably is. Um, shouts to Kylan Hill who got two snaps uh, over the weekend as well. Ben's guy. <laughs> no, he's not Ben's guy. Whose guy is it? <laughs> uh, I think that uh text drafted him first overall, <laughs> but um I do, yeah. I mean, I think when you, especially when you throw in Kylan Hill, who we haven't seen much of, but I think has plenty of potential to be an Aaron Jones-esque shifty back, and we've seen some glimpses of that. I think, I think that's a pretty good read. Um, and you know, I mean, it's always good to have young guys without a lot of tread or without a lot of tread worn off the tires. Um, so, I mean, I guess the beautiful and terrible thing about running back is that can all change in a play. Um, but at least for now, I mean, I think the depth is good and the, they complement each other. Well, yep. Totally agree. I was trying to find the ding button there when you brought up age, the, uh, the, <laughs> the Ben Foldy age, age ding. Um, uh, nothing more to add there, Alex, what's your note note coming out of this weird, weird game? Yeah. Um, my note nug, uh, is kind of an obvious one, but it has to be talked about and it's that, uh, similar to you and your kind of pondering about the uh, backfield, could you argue that this is the best linebacking core the Packers have had in quite some time too? Devondre um, Campbell, my hero. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he's kind of balling right now. He made a play, obviously, in overtime that we thought would have sealed the game uh, for the Packers. Um yeah, I I just I I, I don't know I, I and I, and Chris Barnes made a couple of plays in this game too that I thought stood yep. out and, and I think he had a sack where he like kind of just like whoever tried to pick up the blitz just got totally owned and then he made the play after he took on that block as well and um you know they they play physical they play like fast um and I think the two of them together I mean it's just a law it's a far cry from the the days of you know. Blake Martinez kind of struggling, but leaving the team in tackles just because he's like always dragging some to the ground nine yards down the field. Um, and also, it, you know, it this kind of all happened. I don't know. Just get if those two guys stay healthy, I will feel pretty good about this defense. Yeah, that's my notable nugget. It's like the Ty Summers absence was felt in a very nice way. I was going <laughs> to say, I don't know that if you. Way. Uh... If you noticed it, clearly you did zero, I think, defensive snaps for Ty Summers in this game. Yeah, that was a demotion uh, uh, that happened fast and was needed. And um, yeah, they look good. So Campbell is like playing at a 
Pro Bowl type of level so far. That that's got to be the the big takeaway for for this defense coming out of the game. A defense that's struggling with injuries. Yep. Uh, and guys are stepping up. So I say it every year. My kingdom for a, a passably solid inside linebacking core, and I think we have something going right now. Yeah, that'd be nice. You know, the old days are coming back. Football, it's all cyclical, right? Yep. Running backs and inside linebackers. Yep. There was a the day that like the cover of Madden every year, was, it was like Ray Lewis and then it was Marshall Falk. It's like all these guys. It's like maybe, maybe that's coming back now. Um, I'm, I'm not a big like, uh, size and measurement guy. I feel like a lot of people know how tall and how big everyone is. I'm not really that guy, but sometimes you, you notice Campbell out there. And he just looks different than other Packers linebackers we've seen over the last few years. Just a physically different presence. Yeah, he definitely seems more capable. Yeah, the hair helps than too. any of the guys we've. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. so, so wait, so I guess if you think this is the best linebacking core, where, um, where does the new the new signing fit in, and and what do you think of that? Yeah, which is funny because all right, so yeah, we can get into that now. I don't know if Zach, we were like reserving that for later, but. Uh, so <laughs> it's just funny the Packers would make a signing now when you can argue that they finally don't necessarily need it. But I also don't see, I agree with what I believe to be your take, Ben, through us talking on the text chain that there, what's the downside? Like, I don't think that them signing Jalen Smith was something that prevented them from doing anything. Else. Like, yeah. if that move happened and it meant that they didn't make the move, um, to get Stefan Gilmore, then sure, that's absolutely ridiculous. But there's no way that those two things are are true. Um, so just, you know, standalone signing, why not? Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You're not paying a lot of money for him. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're not, this is a very easy kind of like, if he's good, great. He's a nice depth piece to have. If he's injured and nothing works out, then, you know, who cares? Yeah, I think there were, um, I think because it was entangled with uh, will they or won't they land Gilmore, which I'm a Packers fan, so I know better than to get my hopes up. But because it was entangled with that, um, I think a lot of the uh, the APC team were really down on this move, and I think kind of kind of uh, down on him just as someone who has dealt with injury and does he have anything left in the tank? And I'm with you guys. I just think there isn't really a downside. He's a veteran depth player, and it works out such that contract wise, I think they're paying him like seven hundred thousand dollars basically, which is a hundred thousand dollars less than they're paying Ty Summers. So I don't know. I'm with you guys. I think it's it, it's a it's a smart money move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at worst, he's a way more physically capable when healthy, Ty Summers, and that's like at at absolute worst. Yeah, I would say. Which I feel um, like not to get ahead of ourselves, but if you want to make like a deep playoff run, it helps to have a guy like that. You need those guys. Yeah, I mean that that position you need bodies, man. Yeah. Like attrition takes its toll, and especially inside linebacker guys who are kind of you know, battering Rams. Yeah. Um, I do want to clarify that for note, no, on linebacker kind of following in your footsteps on position groups that feel like they're stronger than they've been in a while. I consider, you know, it's hard when your team, when, well, defenses in general now are just like hybrid everything. So 
I guess, you know, I could see someone being like, what are you talking about? Like, look at some listing some of the outside linebackers we've had. I consider pass rusher and interior line. I'm speaking specifically just about interior linebackers yeah. uh, in, in that vein. I don't want like the backlash of, you know, like 2010 Clay Matthews coming my way and stuff like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just had to couch that. The wrath of the, yeah, Matthews devotees out there. At Alex Patakis on Twitter. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, ben <laughs> yeah. Foldy, give me your no nug. Uh, I think I was pleasantly. I've been pleasantly surprised to uh, to see the um, you know the continued growth of uh, of Eric Stokes, and I think it's a real. I think I was saying that it was a. It wasn't my favorite draft pick. Uh, I've been wrong on a lot of things so far this season, and. I'm glad to continue being wrong on that. Yeah, Stoked on Stokes was uh, the name of uh, the title I gave one of our episodes uh, a couple weeks ago. But um, he continues to shine, just kind of making some, I think, aggressive tackles. There's There's been some missed tackles this year, I think, all around the defense. But he's, he's uh, one of a few players who I think actually has been tackling pretty well, I think, overall. And uh, been in on been in on a lot of balls. Um, let's get some listener note nugs here before we move on again at the Unpack Pod on Twitter. Um, I wanted to bring up this one from PJ because um, he's talking about Mason Crosby, which we didn't even talk about field goals yet. But everyone's this is like the third or fourth Packers show you're probably listening to, <laughs> so everyone's got their. Um, their Mason Crosby takes at this point, but uh, PJ writes in my theory is that this is the first week of the new timing on the field goal. OMG. Don't let it get blocked protocols. So it was shaky this week, but it'll be fine going forward. I thought that was an, an interesting take. Other people saying, I don't, maybe there was like a subtle cross breeze that came through sometimes. I don't know. It was just one of those weird days. Alex, what do you think about that theory? Yeah. Uh, it was a worrying a trend like coming off of a game where they haven't blocked that probably would have uh you know would have changed the game dramatically. But I guess it would be you know, it's like the Packers weren't the only team dealing with it, is the only thing. So it's like I almost chalk it up to just weirdness. Um because the you know, the Bengals, like they their rookie had been reliable. Yep. He had won them games at the buzzer, yep. and he kind of went through the same exact thing that crossed. I mean he didn't miss as many, but he wasn't making the winner anytime soon in I, that game. So I think there were, um, I think I saw the number was thirteen, or maybe it was fifteen. But there was that there was a a lot of missed um, extra point attempts this weekend. I think it was like the most in a weekend in NFL history. Actually, it was just a weird kicking weekend. That's so weird how that stuff like can happen in bunches, yep. like these rarities. It's very awkward. How do we feel about the early celebration? Like that kick very, like I know it hit the flag, you, but like. He wasn't the only one celebrating. If you go back and watch like a couple of the linemen, like people were stoked for. Do you think they seconds. were celebrating because he was, because like if I look back at my kicker and he starts to celebrate, I'm like, oh, okay, it went in. I'm like extra mad at him, not just for missing the kick, but also for like thinking that he made the kick. Um, Poor guy. I don't know. <laughs> It, it honestly confused me because yeah. when I saw it live, I was like, that obviously is a miss. I was celebrating. Yeah. Then I saw him celebrating. I'm like, is this going to be one of those, like, this is way too close. It's like above the upright and they have to make a weird judgment call on yeah. like where the ball is. I mean, ugh, God, that, that kind of freaked me out. But 
I was glad to see it was just uh just uh, uh you know a really bad <laughs> look on your own kick I guess <laughs> that, from that guy look. yeah Gavin tweets in with his note nug too many negative play calls from Lafleur hashtag note nugs I don't know if you if you guys have opinions on the play calling in this game I think um, I've heard some takes about. Um, maybe being a little bit too conservative down the stretch running when it's, you know, why not just let Aaron Rodgers do Aaron Rodgers stuff, um, especially when it was coming down to to field goal attempts and, and Mason Crosby had, had missed a couple. I don't know. Um, negative play calls from Lafleur. How'd you feel about play calling in this game? No strong feelings. No strong feelings. <laughs> and I'm trying to think, I'm like, what sticks out? I mean, I know, I know they like, you know, stalling out in the red zone isn't good. And the difference between this year and last year in the red zone is pretty noticeable. Um, I don't, I don't feel like I know how to criticize, you know, the reason for that. I mean, I, at at the moment I'm not arguing with results. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to criticize a play caller of an offense that's as good as the Packers, but I do agree that on, you know, in the moment watching the game, the Packers get a break and get this interception. Their kickers, uh, you know, extremely shook uh, for Rodgers not to attempt to pass on that first drive to put it away. I think, like, that was noticeable, but it's not egregious. You know, it's more like, oh, I'm surprised that we're seemingly playing for a field. It's almost like they really wanted Mason to redeem himself when I think when every fan was like, we need to score a touchdown because I don't care what the distance is. I don't trust it. It's just like you were saying uh, last week, Alex. It's it, like they call plays and they're designed to <laughs> let's get so and so his glory. <laughs> yeah, and it was like we're Mason. We're not leaving here till you make one. Yeah. Like nobody leaves until you make one. <laughs> yeah, and we've talked before about um, on this on these very airwaves about not wanting to be quote unquote play calling guy because it, it is an easy position to take when a play doesn't work out to just be there and be like, well, they should have done this other thing and that would have worked. <laughs> right. Um, one last note, Nug, and then we will take a quick break. Glenn tweets in, that was a really fun football game that our team won. That's kind of like <laughs> how I felt at the end of it. I was like, just trying to find that, that Zen space and, you know, like, uh, uh, let my blood pressure kind of get back to normal. <laughs> I know that I, uh, said this last week in reference to the blocked kick and like the no fun league, but like, you know, that game was way more fun because of all the chaos. Like if it's a, I, I, you know, I know last second field goals nine times out of 10 are, you know, people write about them as if they're like exciting games. But honestly, I find like a walk-off field goal pretty boring. It's like a, you know, you get a lot of tension. I mean, the one exception I can think of is the the Cowboys playoff game. Um, But you know, I, given my druthers, I, I would rather not just have that be the end and be like, oh, great. We slipped out by the skin of our teeth thanks to good clock management and, you know, a semi-successful two-minute drill. Um, so, yeah, I mean, by all means, give me, like, give me chaos. Way, way more fun that <laughs> yeah. way. You don't get turned on by clock management? <laughs> <laughs> I do not. Uh, yeah. I agree with that. I don't know. Hashtag team chaos. That's what we are. We are going to take a a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to do news and haikus. (laughs) 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We are back. Team Team Chaos has returned. Uh, got a couple minutes left on the, the free Zoom. Is this bit old yet? Is it getting old? I don't know. I still like it. Um, I think we are ready to step into the spa. I think that's where we're going. I turned the sounder up. Can you, can you hear it now, Alex? You couldn't hear it before. You got it. Oh yeah. It's, I feel like most sounders, it doesn't matter if you guys can't hear this one. I feel like you guys need to hear it because we all need to be in that moment together. (laughs) So I'll go first. Put your left leg out, and you pull your left leg in. Somehow, not a flag. (laughs) That's my hokey pokey haiku. Um, Just like it was weird that there was something like 13 missed um, PATs this weekend, it seems like a league-wide thing that there's been this odd inexplicable rash of tripping instances both valid and not valid called and not called and it's just weird and this week on the opening drive for the Packers there was um, about as blatant an instance of tripping as I think I've ever seen and it was crickets from the refs I was watching on my phone at a bar so I didn't have the the commentary no one else around me cared to discuss the matter Um, so I don't know what if you guys have strong opinions if you know the play that I'm talking about but tripping what the hell, man? What's going on? Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, was it Jonathan Vilma doing the um, yes, I think commentary, I think, this week? He, he says, like, I've seen a lot of big guys fall, and that's not the way big guys fall. And yeah. I was like, you know what? You're right. That's <laughs> I have nothing else to add. It was a super unnatural thing, very, very obviously uh, tripping Aaron Rodgers for the second, what was it, second week? No. San Francisco was a little while back. Did yeah. he get tripped a week? Yeah, yeah I don't think Pittsburgh he tripped. Uh, JJ Watt. Oh yeah, yeah. The flag I was picked it was Bosa, up, but it was Watt. Yeah, I, I was I was mixing up uh, the pass rushers that I don't like for different reasons. <laughs> um, yeah, my bad. No, yeah, second week in a row. That was a trip. But then there was a call later. Was there? Right. I don't remember. I think I, I think there was a tripping call later that went in the Packers' favor. But like while they were uh, on offense, maybe I I, I don't remember. To Vilma's point, yeah, it was like so obviously it was like weird looking. And so it was obvious like that's not how you fall. It seemed intentional. It seems so intentional that if they had like 
the sound audio bubble, like like mic'd up or whatever, that you'd hear him go like, gotcha. Like, ha ha, <laughs> I am tripping you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, I don't know. We, we don't, we're, we're, I feel like we're this close to having like a five minute referee segment every week now as just a running bit because it's been so bad this year. And um, yeah, man, I don't know. Just player safety. That feels like, I don't know where all the refs are standing at that point on that particular play, but. Well, I think when it happens to the quarterback, that's something you definitely expect to be seen because the lead official is usually just staring at the quarterback, yeah. you know, like from a, from a very clear angle. And when you get a replay angle, that's basically from that angle and it's clear on the replay. It's, it's kind of weird that it, it doesn't happen. I don't know why they're giving these defenders the benefit of the doubt, but um. Yeah, I think I said last week that the uh, the Watt incident would have been a red card. Yep. I think this would have been a yellow, but still probably a card yeah. if, uh, if we were playing soccer still out there. Still a card. So, yeah. I'm going to... Um, I'm going to usher us back into the spa. Should I go to random.org and figure out which one of you goes next? <laughs> we'll just say Alex. Too many misses, but also too many tries. Need more gold zone work. What happened to the gold zone? That wasn't part of the haiku. That was my question. I think think what happened to it is we call it the gold zone. I just hate that. I absolutely (laughs) despise it. All right, great. So I'm never going to refer to it as the red zone. I mean, you can... you're you're only gonna call it the gold zone? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just because just to bother you, it is kind of stupid. Just like I think it's dumb. It, yeah, it is kind of stupid. I mean, whatever you want to rally behind, gold member. Uh, it's yeah. Uh, anyway, um, what are they like? Twenty seventh, I think, in the league. Yeah, in red zone percentage. Yeah. Uh, last year it was a strength. That's a concern. Like, I, I mean, it sucks when Crosby's having a day like that, but he attempted so many freaking field goals. Yeah. Like, the, this this really shouldn't have been... It's hard to say. I think the Bengals played pretty well. They're a worthy opponent. But the Packers did not struggle moving the ball at all. Yeah. And I listened to them talk about this on the um, repack pod, and then I saw Matt Schneidman uh, from The Athletic tweet it out, but, and a number of others. The Packers basically said this is the first time in their history they had a 300-yard passer, a 100-yard rusher, and a 200-yard receiver, right? Because Adams had like a career day. They were moving the ball. Yeah. And it still felt like such a struggle. And I guess I'm just wondering like what, yeah. I I know year to year, I guess it's hard to, you know, maintain that level of success they were having because they were one of the best teams. But um, that's a concerning trend, I think. Um, and I don't know if it's one that you had in mind, Zach, when you were saying there's a few things that concern you, but you wanted to go positive. This is certainly one because better NFC teams, like you're not going to get as many chances. Not only was it on my mind, it was my note nug until I talked myself out of it. And I thought, you know what? No, I'm going to go positive. Um, just because they win, it's another win. They've been winning a lot and I want to enjoy the football, so let's focus on that. But my original note nug was, do the Packers have a scoring problem? Point blank. Because they just, it yeah. seems like, um, you know, so much success last last year in the gold zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, but so before this game, 
as you were probably sitting down at this bar, getting ready to pull up the feed on your phone, you said something uh, and you just said again how you feel after. I think Glenn was the guy who tweeted in uh, with his note nug. Uh, he's just happy that they like that they won a game, and I think you said that your mindset had shifted to. I just hope we get out of there with a win. Nobody else gets hurt, and that happened. But then, like having seen the game, and I feel like the Packers playing better than I would have expected with the offensive line they were playing with, but somehow still barely getting by was like a little dissatisfying to me. You know, yeah. it left like a weird taste in my mouth because um, I don't feel like we should feel like they got lucky. But when you don't convert in the red zone like that, yeah, that's 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 kind of what happens. Yeah, bummer. You know, when's the last time you said Bob Tanyan's name during a game? Yeah, man, yeah. he's. I don't know. Like last year, that was that was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say that just because I'm thinking about like, okay, so who is actually? So much of the offense is running through either Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams. Maybe AJ, if it's like an AJ shift. Um, I'm wondering if that's hurting them in the red zone and they don't really have that many other options. Yeah. Or like, And I don't know if that's on Rodgers. I don't know if that's on the play callers, but it just seems like, you know, the touchdowns this year have been like, you know, something where, where Devontae is really easily schemed open. Or like I'm talking like the in in the red zone in the red zone. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, either Devonte is kind of beating someone off the line and, and schemed open, or it's a run, or it's kind of like a wheel route. Um, so I, I I guess like Alan Lazard is good. Um, you know, Randall Cobb is presumably still good in the red zone, and I'm wondering if maybe spreading the ball around a little will will could help uh even if it's just to 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 get people to respect uh Devante. You know, getting people to respect others pulls pulls the kind of ability to double and triple Devante in the red zone. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Um and to your point about Tunyon, I'll go all the way back to the Saints and we'll work our way up. Two catches for eight yards, three catches for fifty two yards and a touchdown, one catch for six yards, two catches for eight yards, one catch for eight yards against the Bengals. So so I guess the last time we said his name was week two. Was week two. I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put my foot down. We all love the big Bob Sounder. He's got to get two touchdowns. Then I'll drop it. <laughs> yeah. No. Do do not play it. He's got to earn that. Make him earn it. <laughs> there is a real opportunity there for Randall Cobb though. Like he could sneakily have like a six to eight touchdown year if they could figure that out. I I I just felt like you know the past year, uh, the red the red zone is like where Matt Lafleur like had the opportunity to like put a lot of his creativity on display yeah. and it just doesn't feel like it. Like that's how he won my heart. I feel like as a coach, yeah. it's just like how easy they made it look when they got down there. How, the, how hard the offense gets when you don't have swerve back there, man. No, no Irvin. <laughs> that's yeah. the, the linchpin, the key. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kidding. Um, ben, do you have a haiku? I do. Well then, let's enter the spa. No, go ahead. Is the sounder on? Oh yeah, baby. What a weird reason for the pack to not rush for. Do we believe them? <laughs> I love this.
Are we talking about the uh, the weird uh, the the touchdown before the half? Yeah, the offense calling the audible for the defense supposedly. Yeah, I mean, is that I, I've never been on a professional football team. At, uh, I've never been on any football team, but is it common that defenses are listening to the offense to check out of their play? Like that just seems like a bad idea on a number of levels. I didn't actually hear the explanation, but my interpretation of what I've heard from everyone is that they they have a similar check on defense, and so they heard that word and thought it was a defensive check, not that they were. Yeah, yeah. So it was like it's like Joe Burrow said whatever, said banana, and then they were everyone on defense is like, oh, we're changing to banana. Okay, right, that's right. Not what it yeah, was. the Packers checked out of a of their call without needing like without knowing that 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 it wasn't their own check you know um and i heard uh justice talk about this too he he was saying i guess like it's really common uh at the high school level let's say like where he coaches for coordinators to get together and like work out their audible call so there is no overlap um overlap between that but that's on the same team but yeah so lafleur said like it's the offense. Our guys thought they heard something that we actually have in our offense. Oh, okay. Okay. I could I, I could be incorrect. So our guys thought they heard that, and they were playing that play, and unfortunately, they guessed wrong. And it's just like, like what? So weird. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know if I believe that, honestly. Yeah. Is he covering for somebody in that? Like, I, like it's okay to get beat by Jamar Chase. It happens. Like, it was, I don't know. And it was honestly a great play. It was... 99% of a great play by Darnell Savage. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's just a strange excuse that I I guess I believe that it's like, it just seems dumb that the defense would be listening to, and that 11 guys would all be like, oh, okay, like Joe Burrow said something, so it must be that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Alex, you um, last week you uh, were talking about Joe Burrow and said that uh, every time you think you want to bet on Cincinnati, he lets he lets you down. Um, have you actually watched him play before? And, and what did you think coming out of this game? Because I kind of think he's like a real deal quarterback. I've definitely watched him play before, but not you know with the same intent that you do with the, the Packers. You know, being the Team you're watching. Um, I mean, the throw in overtime is pretty inexcusable. That's a weird one. Like, I don't want to like <laughs> detract bad. from my my own like Campbell excitement, our own Campbell excitement. But that's also a play he should have never had the opportunity to make. Um, he also threw the you know Stokes also had a pick right. Um, yep. Or yeah. Uh, so. I don't know. I, I I'm like wavering. I think it's early to say that like he's not. I I think he is. What's like in between real deal and not like <laughs> whatever that is. I think is like where I'm comfortably landing right now. On, Passable on, franchise on quarterback. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's that's yeah. Passable with the with you know some exciting elements. I would say. But I think a few too many mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also had some really nice long ball, like that play that Stokes made, that that breakup downfield with Chase. That's awesome. Like that, that's a play to remember. That's like in my memory bank. 
going forward. Like if Stokes ends up being a, a really good corner for this team. Um, Cause that's best on best, like just good throw, good route, good, everything, good breakup. Um, that's the kind of stuff that gets you really excited. So there, there were some of those from Burrow. Yeah. What did you think? I mean, I don't know. I just, I just kind of trusted us to make a play, which I feel like says something about the quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I felt I was, that way about Roethlisberger too. Yes. Yes. I don't have anything to add to that. I, I agree with that. I, I think that you should uh, listen to your gut in those moments. My, and my gut to your point was saying like the, the Packers defense will figure this out. And I, I wasn't, I never felt that worried about it. Now, granted, I mean, everyone else was on the edge of their seat having a heart attack during this game. And I was like at a bar watching it on my phone. I got none of that emotional roller coaster that I think everyone else experienced, but it felt it, it never felt super in doubt other than, you know, whatever random field goal attempts, which is what, what do you, what do you got? Can I ask a question yeah. that I feel like other people might be wondering yeah. as you keep saying that you watch this at a bar? Yeah. Were you at a sports bar and they just didn't have this game on? No. Or were you at a completely... Di- okay. Was that I was, a bar I was with uh, no TV? Uh, some uh, friends of mine. It was Adrian Amos who had the pick this week, uh, by the way. Yes. I knew I was wrong. That's why I checked myself. Um, Oddly, I kind of knew you were wrong too, but I didn't know who else it was. And I was like, yes, that's right. Moving Stokes on. Stokes was the week before with the <laughs> other an AFC North quarterback. I must have misremembered. I, I legit thought Stokes had a pick this week i knew amos had one but he had the one off uh big ben instead but amos had that like big pick um we got um two minutes before we go sopranos ending and i wanted to get um your vibe real quick <laughs> ding, 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 ding. park the car meadow <laughs> <laughs> not to steal justice Muscata's thing but do a vibe check and uh, see how we feel about uh playing the bears this weekend i just checked the line i think is uh Minus Packers, four and, a half. Uh, four and a half. Yeah. Well, large road favorites again. Second week in a row. Yeah. How do we feel about that? I feel good. Yeah. Did you did you happen to watch the <laughs> uh the Bears Raiders game? No. No. I did not right. actually. Why? No, I don't know. I just because I expected the Bears to find a way to lose that game and they played pretty well. And I'm not saying that that means that they're like, oh, we really got to watch out. But I don't know. It, it, raised, it raised a hackle or two. I'm, I'm curious about this game. I think four and a half feels right. But I don't know. Ben, what's your vibe on this game? You think the Bears stink? I think, I think if, if they play as sloppy as they had last week, I, I think they could actually drop this game. Yeah. Because the Bears have a defense that's not bad. Yeah, I, I think I'll take the Packers, but like only if they clean up their act. I think significantly. Yep. And I wouldn't. And if they lose, I wouldn't be like, "Oh my God, this is a nightmare." I would just be like, "This team has some issues that it's working out, and it needed to get it right." But yeah. Yep. We are going to go Sopranos ending here, so I am just going to hit the polka, and that's going to be the podcast. Um, it's rare that I can still see your guys' faces here while the poke is on. Less than a minute left. Thanks for sneaking it in with the sun out. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Weird game. There went the video. Now I'm alone in my room in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, weird game. Packers win. 
let's just focus on that. They won a football game. Might be some problems with this team, but just focus on the good. Focus on the good. All right, guys. That's all we got for you today. For Ben and Alex, I am Zach. Keep it locked in here at the Acme Packing Company audio feed. We will have reporting as eligible tomorrow, as you probably hear this, followed by Intercepted, and then it's Bears weekend, baby. And I hear they still suck. 